0: This is the How Did You Get Into That Podcast with Grant Baldwin, Episode 62.
1: Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin.
0: What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That my name is Grant. It is great to have you here with us today. Hope you're doing well. Hopefully you're uh, you're feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good today. I'm excited about today. I'm excited about uh, our guest today. Got a really cool story, kind of an unusual thing that uh, I think is going to be encouraging. It's going to open open your eyeballs, open your eyelids, open your eyeballs. Can you open your eyes? I don't know about that. Anyway, we got a good guest for you today. Before we get into that, hey, I want to remind you that Clarity Course, this course we've been working on for the past several months, is now available. It is open and available for you. You can get it at claritycourse.com. You can register there for a lifetime membership to the course. You get access to all uh, eight different modules, a couple different bonuses in there as well. You can jump into the community immediately, start engaging and interacting with other people just like you who are on their uh, on their own journey to find and do work they love. So. If that describes you, if you're someone who's just like, man, I, I don't like my job, but I'm not really sure what I would rather be doing, this is designed with you in mind. It is it is designed to help you think through what is it that you're good at? What is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you enjoy doing? What is the setting that you like to work? What is the environment where you work best? Uh, we share with you not only some different strategies, some ideas, some tactics, some tips, but we also have interviews with various people who have found work that they love. They share their stories and journeys, things that, these are some of the people, people that we've had on the podcast, but just share more of their story and some strategies and then other people that we haven't had on the podcast as well. So uh, just all around a really, really great deal. I I would encourage you to check out. Registration ends tomorrow night, tomorrow, December the 12th at midnight. So you you don't wanna miss out on this. We will open it back up for registration several months from now, but uh, I would love for you to go into 2015 with a bang that you you don't wanna be messing around. This is gonna be your year to find and do work you love. Stop just going through the motions and start actually putting in the effort and energy to find that work that you were put on this planet to do. All right, let's get to today's interview. We've got a, a good guy, Benny Shu, who uh, has a really cool story. He is working with a, I guess working with, but he's, uh, there's this website teespring.com where you can design and upload your own t-shirt designs and then they sell them and he kind of does some of the marketing for it and he's made a killing with it, like made a huge killing with it. So he's kind of been doing this on the side as an entrepreneur and it just kind of blew up and so he's been doing this for most of this year and it's a really cool story. It's a cool story about just seeing an opportunity and and trying it and taking some of the pressure off. So if you're someone who's putting massive pressure on yourself to figure out what it is that you're supposed to. be doing with life. I think this interview with Benny is going to really help you out. So let's get to it. Here you go. Interview with Benny Hsu. Enjoy. All right. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by Benny Shu, who is uh, sort of a kind of an online t-shirt business that's really exploded recently that I'm uh, excited to get into his story and share his journey with you. So Benny, what is up, man? Welcome to the show.
1: Hey Grant, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Good to have you here. All right, so you have this t-shirt business online. Give us a a snapshot on that business.
1: Yeah, I um, just started this year. I have a t-shirt business online, like you said, and it's uh, it's great because I don't have to have any inventory. So it's all basically print, sort of, kind of like print on demand. Just um, you know, I set a goal, and if the goal is met, then the shirts get printed and shipped, and then uh, I get paid and the way I advertise basically is to uh, through Facebook ads because if people don't know about my shirts, then obviously no one's going to buy. So I have to get my shirts in front of the right audience and I use Facebook for that. So your
0: model is basically, you've got a bunch of different types of designs and people just pick and choose designs that they would like before you print them. And if enough people say they like them or enough people say they would buy them, then you actually you print them and, and, and make them available?
1: Right, exactly. But I, I do try to make my designs a little bit more specific and I'm trying to target specific audiences so it's not just so broad. So if I'm targeting, let's say, not, I'm not just targeting like dog lovers, for example, I would be targeting like pit bull lovers or Labrador retriever lovers, just more specific. And I'm trying to get those ads and my designs to that audience and try to make it more, like I said, specific as I can be. Very cool. So, what kind of T-shirts are you making? I assume it's, it's beyond just dogs. <laughs> I'm into a different, a variety of niches. Uh, unfortunately, I, I'm not going to be able to reveal what I'm in just because it's so competitive. Yeah. So, and, and it's how it is with Teespring. A lot of uh, people who are selling on Teespring really keep what they're selling close to them because they don't want people to know. Because if people know, they'll start copycatting. They'll start, you know, entering that marketplace. So, I've done, you know, a lot of job titles. I mean, it seems like people who who have certain jobs, like engineers or nurses, really love T-shirts, it seems. So they love something that's funny or something that they're proud to wear. Um, I've tried dogs in the past. I didn't have success with dogs. But job titles, some sports, moms. Moms buy a lot of shirts online. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sort of all over the place a little bit. Interesting. Now, are these designs that you do yourself or do you outsource that or how does that work? Yeah, when I first started, I I did all the outs um design myself. I'm not a Photoshop expert, so my designs were really simple but kind of clean, you know, like just really like you know, nice fonts maybe. If I needed some sort of graphic, I'd go online and buy the graphic and, and paste it in there. So I would do it for myself. for. I did it for like the first few months and then I realized I needed some more complex designs and I needed to save time because doing designs myself took up a lot of time. So then I finally hired a designer and now I'm outsourcing all my designs to that designer. So it, um, he's doing better work than I am and he's also helping me save a lot of time.
0: So is this in some ways, because I'm not super, I've heard of Teespring, but I'm not super familiar with it. Is it mm-hmm. similar to like a threadless type thing where you just have people that can vote on t-shirt designs and then they, they're printed based on that?
1: It's different than threadless. I'll go over basically what Teespring is and how it's set up. It's, like I said, there's no inventory. So as a designer, as an individual designer, I can upload my design to Teespring. I select the different styles of shirts I want, maybe like a woman's style, a men's style, long sleeve hoodies, tank tops, etc. And then I set the, the colors I want available to choose from. And then I set my price. And once I launch my campaign, then I have a, a specific URL. And then I share that URL with my audience. So let's say I have um, a bunch of Twitter followers. I can say, hey, you know, here's a new shirt I made for you know the Get Busy Living brand or whatever. So check it out if you want and give them that link. Now if I'm selling to dog lovers, I'll put that link in a Facebook ad and then drive ads to them. And so they'll click on the the campaign, they'll see my shirt, they'll see the price, and hopefully they like it. And if they do, they can go ahead and order one. Now, Teespring, the minimum is five. So if at least five people order, then when the campaign ends in seven or ten days, whatever you set it at, then it'll get printed and get shipped, and then I get paid immediately. If for some reason under five are not ordered, then... No shirts get printed. No shirts get shipped, obviously. And obviously, I don't get paid. So the minimum has to be five. Now, you can sell up to you know, hundreds um, if you want, and if you can. And the more you sell, the bigger profit margin you have. So five is the bare minimum, though. Gotcha. So it's almost in some ways, it's almost like
0: a, a Kickstarter campaign where you've got um, yeah. one t-shirt design and if enough people, quote unquote, fund it, the t-shirt gets you know, created, so to speak.
1: Exactly. And I think that's what Teespring, how they describe themselves when they first started. They just call it like crowdfunding with t-shirts. So yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Just like Kickstarter.
0: So is it, is it go on basically like short burst where you've got one shirt that you push for a week or two and then it's, it's never necessarily in stock again or at least until you do another campaign on it? Or can people just come and go and get shirts, past designs, whenever?
1: How does that work? Exactly. It's limited time. So you set it for, I think it's five is the lowest and all the way up to 21 days. I like to set it around seven to 10 days. And it, it sort of gives customers that sort of like urgency. Like I if I really want this, I have to get it now. Yeah. As opposed to just having it there forever. So once those seven or 10 days are done, you can relaunch the shirt and then sell it again, depending on the popularity of it. And also If it's over and customers land on your sales page, there's a way for them to say, hey, wait, I still want this shirt, and then go ahead and reserve one. And then once it gets to, I think it's 15 reservations, then the campaign automatically becomes active again and then goes back on sale. So those 15 have already ordered and they can, they can get a shirt and then you can start running ads again or, or promoting it to your audience again once it relaunches.
0: Interesting. And so Teespring, they ship everything. They take care of customer service and all that jazz. And so you're, just, you're making designs and uploading them.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it's great because they they handle all that. They handle customer service as well. If there's returns if uh, that are needed or questions with their order, so they handle that. They have printers all all over the country and they ship it out to them as well. And they they pay usually, which is great, right after the campaign is over. So you get paid right away before the customers even get their shirts.
0: Nice, very interesting. All right, let's let's backtrack a little bit. What well, first of all, I guess what what has you even fascinated with t-shirts and design and and in this model in general.
1: It's been something that's been on my mind for, I would say, at least like seven years. Um, the backstory, basically, I, you know, I had a regular job coming out of college. I worked in the family restaurant business. I worked for for almost 10 years. It was okay at the beginning. I was making good money. But then after like five years or so, I started to get really tired of it. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Restaurant wasn't my passion. But the thing was, I didn't know what else to do. And you know, I've always been sort of drawn to online businesses and so after reading The 4-Hour Work Week, I thought, well, this is something I really want to do. Like an online business would allow me the freedom to really enjoy my life now. But I didn't know what type of business I wanted to do. So a t-shirt business was something that came to my mind. Like I thought, you know, I love t-shirts and I sort of love design. I wasn't really good at design, but I love the idea of it. So I sort of researched it. And, you know, there's websites like Cafe Press and Zazzle mm-hmm. where you can upload designs. But I always found the profit margins really low on there. And I didn't really think selling t-shirts would be that profitable. So I put the idea aside for, for a while. And then fast forward to 2014, earlier in March, I was just... On Facebook, and I was just—I came across a guy who was in a conversation on someone's Facebook page, saying, "Hey, I've made X amount of dollars through my podcast interview series or something like that." So I was like, "Hmm, "That's interesting. How how's this guy making money?" So I went to his interview website, and I saw he had an interview with a guy who was making six figures a month selling T-shirts. And so, of course, that caught my interest. I was like, wow, how is he doing that? Uh, I watched the video, was really intrigued by his story, and he was selling a product, of course. So I bought his product, it was like 30 bucks or something, really cheap, just to learn how to get started. And once I started, I thought, this is this is pretty interesting. I, I kind of like the process, but of course, I, I, it took a long time for me to really find success with Teespring. It took me, I think it was 22 Different campaigns before I really made a profit on one, and and so uh, it was a learning curve. But um, I found that I really enjoyed everything about it, and so I really went full, you know, all in on this, and, and went full time on Teespring earlier this year. Interesting, interesting. So, so today you're doing it full time. Yeah, it's my full time job. It's it's my full time income right now.
0: Fascinating. Very cool. Very cool. So, and again, like you're saying, the way that you've got it set up is you don't handle any inventory. You don't ship anything. You don't print anything. You're just creating the designs and testing things and setting up campaigns and seeing what works and what doesn't.
1: Right, exactly. And I love that. I mean, I I love that I don't have inventory. I don't have to guess how many I have to order. I don't have things just sitting around and no one buying it. So yeah, my main focus is on, on doing market research, trying to target the right customers. And I've had to really learn a lot about Facebook ads because that's the number one way for me to get my t-shirts out there so yeah I'm, I'm focusing all on that and yeah it's great that there's no upfront cost so I'm not out any money except for ads if my my design doesn't do really well and if I'm out money it might be anywhere from $10 to $100 depending on how much I really try to get that shirt to take off yeah gotcha that makes sense all right so going back
0: a little bit even as I know you uh you're in Florida today right Correct. Yes. Which we were talking a little offline and you were telling me it, it was 40 something this morning. So you were bitterly cold. Uh, <laughs> so and peop, we don't have any sympathy for you. Uh, I know, the, I the rest of the world, you, you poor people in Florida. So <laughs> did you grow up in Florida? I did. Born and raised in Florida. So yeah, like anytime you leave the state, then it, I assume it's cold for you. What was life like growing up? What did you want to do?
1: It was, you know, it was your, your basic life. You know, I, I grew up in, um, you know, China. I have Chinese parents. They're from Taiwan, so you know, they had sort of standards for their children. You know, hopefully good job, respectable job, high paying job. So, you know, school was always very important growing up. But, you know, growing up, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, even in college. You know, I was a sophomore. I hadn't declared a major yet because I didn't know what it it was I wanted to do. So I ended up choosing sports management because I thought at the time, well, I I really love sports and maybe working in sports like in the front office somewhere would be interesting to me. So I sort of chose that by default, really. You know, there was that one point where I thought, maybe I'll be a doctor because I always heard doctors make a lot of money and it's really prestigious and my dad was always telling me about this family friend's daughter or son has become a doctor. So... You know, it was, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. You know, they just graduated from Harvard. Yeah, no pressure at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I had that sort of mindset. Like, maybe I need to find a good job and a, a nice paying job. But, you know, I stumbled upon uh, sports management. I graduated, thought maybe I could, would do something in it, but I couldn't really find any opportunities. I live in Jacksonville, which is a, you know a, a nice city, but it's not really a huge city when it comes to sports teams. We do have the Jacksonville Jaguars a double-A baseball team, but that's about it. So there weren't really many opportunities. And then I thought, well, I, I've graduated college. I need a job. I need to make money. I mean, that's what normal people do. So I started working at the family restaurant business, hoping that while I worked there, I could figure out eventually what I wanted to do. What was that process
0: like for you as you're trying to, because you know, there's a lot of people that are, even do you feel, I guess another question would be, do you even feel like you've landed on what the answer is? Because there's a lot of people that, that reach out and they're going, how do, I, yeah. how do I figure out what I'm doing with my life? I'm, you know, I'm working in a restaurant. Or I'm doing whatever just to kind of buy time
1: to figure it out. So how did you arrive at your own conclusion? For me what I did was before when I was working at the restaurant I tried to figure out my passion because isn't that what everyone tries to do they figure out their passion and what sure. they want to do and I always felt like you know choosing my passion would be something that I would do for the rest of my life it was almost like entering a marriage yeah. and um, you know it was it was so permanent I felt so I was so worried about what if I make the wrong choice what if I choose something I don't like what if I spend 2 years doing this and then I don't like it so that worried me a lot and so, so that I think also contributed to the one of the reasons i couldn 't figure out what it was I wanted to do, so what I did it was like four years ago when I made a drastic change in my life, still working at the restaurant, but I finally made a declaration to myself saying hey I'm, I'm sick and tired of living this life you know miserable, driving home from work like in tears almost all the time you know i didn't want this type of life anymore so I decided to stop searching for my passion because I didn't want to be tied down to one thing. I didn't want that pressure. So instead, I figured out what makes me excited. You know, what do I want to do that gives me excitement? And when I thought about it in that way, it, it took off a lot of pressure for me because I thought, "Well, I'm excited about a lot of different things," you know? And and excitement can be being more interested in more than one thing. So at the time, when I was trying to answer the question, what was I excited about? Well, I'm excited about blogging. You know, I've always wanted to do a blog that I was really proud of. Mm-hmm. I had done many smaller blogs trying to make money, but not something that I was really proud of. And the second thing was like I'm really excited about iPhones. Um, you know, I, I love my iPhone at the time. I love the idea of making an iPhone app I thought it'd be so cool if I could develop my own iPhone app and just you know maybe make some money from it so I took two things I was excited about and just started on those two things I wasn't really worried about you know am I gonna be doing this for the rest of my life no I, I wasn't thinking about that I was just thinking about what am I excited about now and even today I mean I'm selling t-shirts I mean it's my full-time job but do I think I'll be doing this in five and ten years probably not you know who knows what I'll be doing in one year but I know for now this is why I'm Excited about. This is what I really enjoy doing. And, and next year, you know, I may change. So I may find something else I'm interested in, or another opportunity may come along.
0: Yeah, I think that the whole perspective you just laid out is great because there's there's so many people who feel exactly like you felt. I know I did, where you know, when I was like mid-20s or something, just going like, okay, whatever I decide to do, it's permanent. That's what I'm right. doing. It's got to be forever. And so it's like massive <laughs> amounts of pressure to figure out what's the one thing I want to do forever. But you know, when you stop and you think about like who we are today as, as humans was different than who we are five years ago and who we are going to be, you know, like you even said, five, 10 years from now is going to be different than who we are today. We're always evolving and changing. And so I, I feel the same way about what I do today is, is how long am I going to do a podcast? Well, as long as it's fun, you know, and if that means I'll do it for a few years or I do it 10 years or I do it a year and then stop, That's fine as long as it's still interesting, but allowing people to just take some of the pressure off and feel like you have to know what the next 40, 50 years of your life look like whenever it comes to work, whenever it comes to your career, it Mm -hmm. just doesn't, it's not necessary to have that amount of pressure on yourself.
1: Exactly, and and what's what helped me too was that I just chose something because I know a lot of people get that sort of paralysis t- trying to figure out what to start on first, and, and then they never they end up doing nothing, right? But I always tried to tell people like just if you have are interested in something and, you know, just choose that one thing and go down that path because once you start doing something, you don't know what kind of opportunities may open up for you once you're, you know, doing that thing. So for example, like I did an iPhone app, okay? And once I did an iPhone app, then people were starting to ask me these questions like, how do you build an iPhone app? What can I do? How can I do that too? So I, des- I created a course. It was never my goal when I first developed an iPhone app to create a course on how to, uh, to do it for other people, or how to teach people to do it. So right. I created a course, and you know, I started a blog just because I wanted to, and it turned into you know people reading from all over the world. It turned into a podcast, and then doing those things sort of led me into Teespring, and I probably would have never learned about Teespring if I hadn't been doing those other things first.
0: So let's talk about the the app standpoint. So you're you're working the restaurant. You yep. uh, you know, it's, it sounds like it's not great, it's not miserable, but somewhere <laughs> somewhere in between there, and you know, it's not what you want to be doing for the rest of your life but not really sure what. At the time, you're fascinated and intrigued by the iPhone and apps and that that world starting to, to build up. But you don't have a programming background from what I understand. And it's not like you, you've done this before. So where do you even begin to connect the dots with, I'm interested, this is something that's exciting to me. And now let's go actually do it. Where do you even begin?
1: Well, I, I got my first idea before well, I got my idea from my iPhone app. It was like around July of 2010. And I thought, this is the idea I want to do. So I thought I needed to learn how to program. So I went, you know, went to check out books. I, I looked online and I tried to see if I could teach myself how to program. And I realized it's really hard. <laughs> I don't have the patience nor the time to spend like maybe two, three years, who knows how long, to be really good to do it myself. So I put the idea aside and Later on that year, I was, you know, going on different um, people's websites, reading about making money online, and just, you know, clicking from link to link. And I stumbled upon Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income, yep. and I immediately connected with his story. I loved his content, so I started listening to his podcast. And he, in one episode, he was talking about how he and a buddy started an iPhone app company, and they didn't know how to program at all. Instead, they outsourced their work. And to me, at the time, I was like, outsourcing? Wow, I. I didn't know I could outsource iPhone app development. I always just thought outsourcing was like, you know, hiring a VA just doing general tasks, right. but not for an iPhone app. So my mind, I was thinking, well, if Pat and his buddy could do it, then maybe I can do the same thing. I can just hire a company to build my app. And I bought an ebook that Pat was promoting written by another guy who was very successful in apps just to get an idea and understanding of how to get started. And in a few months later, I went to elance.com and put up my first ad to hire my team to develop Photo365, which is my very first app. How many apps did you end up developing overall? I did non-games. I did, let me think, one, two, four or five. I think four or five non-games. Okay. And games, I did a bunch of games in 2013. I was using a different model called the reskinning. Reskinning basically is taking one game. It's a, it's the original game that someone is selling. Yep. And they give you a license to change the, the game however you want. So the just bas- change, change the context, basically. Right, changing the graphics, basically. So yeah. the gameplay is the same, but the graphics and maybe the sound is different. So it gives it a sort of a new feeling. So I was doing reskinning a lot in 2013. So I did, I don't know, 20, maybe 30 reskins in 2013 of games. So how long were you doing apps before that started to wind down? I was doing apps from 2000 August of 2011 until February of 2014. So... Two and a half, whatever. three and a half, yeah, years, whatever that math but, is there. Yeah, yeah, whatever that math is right there. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're doing it for a while, and even
0: that, I mean, it sounds like you know you kind of get started down that path, and it starts to take off, and it starts to go somewhere. You do that for two and a half years. When you decide to get out of it, why did you decide to get out of it?
1: I got out of it basically like you were saying earlier. I just wasn't really interested in it anymore. While I was doing it, I was really passionate about it. I put. All my free time in it. That was my full time business, but again, I knew that apps wasn't something I would be doing forever. I just didn't know how long. But I found myself early in this um, 2014 to sort of not be as interested in it, not as spending as much time in it. Just you know, releasing some games um, once in a while. And luckily, around that time was when I discovered Teespring. So once I got into Teespring, I mean, I completely dropped apps. I mean, it wasn't even a question. It was just like, okay, apps, no more. I'm just yeah. gonna go all in on Teespring now. But even that,
0: like, I, I like that. I like the way you you approach that. Um, you know, just looking at it like, hey, it well, I did it for two and a half years. It was great. It ran its course. Now let's find something different. And again, not feeling like, well, I, you know, I'm in apps now, so I got to do apps forever. <laughs> you don't. You know, you can go down that path for whatever that season is and whatever that course runs uh, and saying like you're just saying with, with Teespring, you know, you, you may do it for another few months, you may do it for several years, you don't know, but you're along for the journey
1: and, and okay and comfortable uh, with that outcome. Exactly. And, you know, I have other projects and other ways of making money online that I want to try. and But they're just sort of put aside for now because of Teespring. But I know once that interest in Teespring, um, you know, starts to die down, then I'll say, well, maybe it's time for me to uh, do something else. Maybe write a book on Kindle or something like that where I can devote more time to it and just sort of Push Teespring aside a little bit, so it's just you know I don't know when that will happen, but I'm I'm sort of riding the wave of Teespring now. I'm enjoying it. I'm doing well in it, so you know I'm not going to stop for now at least. For now, yeah. Yeah. So
0: you're kind of winding down with the apps. Teespring comes Mm -hmm. on the scene and it's intriguing to you.
1: What are some of your first steps there? With Teespring, I think some of the first steps is you have to learn how to use Facebook ads. That's because you know there's other ways to advertise. There's Twitter. There's Pinterest. You know, there's other ways, but from my experience and from talking with others, Facebook is the number one way to advertise your shirts. And Facebook ads is, is a monster. I mean, they have so much data on people. So there's so many different ways that you can target people. So you have to really learn how to use Facebook ads. You don't have to be... a Expert at it, but you have to know at least how to get started. And you know, to to get started with Teespring in general, it's it's free to sign up for an account. Um, you need to do that, and then you can just find a design. You can hire a designer. You can do it yourself if you have any design skills. So, and just upload your design. Figure out who you're trying to target. Come up with a great design for people. I mean, like they have to love the shirt, right, in order to buy it and, and wear it. It can't just be. It's okay, it's cute, but it has to be like, man, I really love that shirt, I gotta have it. So you have to figure out what people want, what that audience really wants. So yeah, and there's videos on YouTube that people have uploaded on how to do a lot of things on Teespring and, and Facebook ads. I and mean, Even Teespring has their own, I think, video on how to get started with Teespring and Facebook ads. So Google and YouTube are your friends. You know, if you want to find <laughs> find out how to get started, really with that, because there's a bunch of resources out there that are free that can teach you on how to get started. Of course, there are paid courses as well, but I learned a lot of this on my own, besides that free that course I bought at the beginning. A lot of it I learned just through talking to, with other people, uh, joining Teespring groups on Facebook where people are talking and about strategy and advice and asking questions. And I learned a lot just from I'm trying. I failed a lot, but I learned from it, though, too.
0: Yeah, and I think that's again another great life lesson there. Of just you, you just try it, you know. And it sounds like, yeah. even as you're kind of wrapping up the app thing, it wasn't. It doesn't sound like it was always like, well, Teespring's the next thing, so I gotta I gotta figure out how to do this full time. It's like let's just try it. You know, you may have tried Teespring, and out of the gate, it just you know it just didn't go anywhere. Or it didn't excite you like you thought it would. But you, you just tried it. You kind of figured it out as you went. But so many people they don't really make any progress because they don't start. You know, and it's just kind of a uh, you, you're just kind of sitting on the sideline. Waiting for the perfect moment to arrive, and that that perfect moment just it, it's
1: not coming, you know. So yet you, you have to start somewhere and figure it out as you go. I mean, I'm glad you you said that because it's so true. Like I just when I discovered Teespring and you know the success that people were having, I thought, well, why not try? I didn't have like what ifs or oh man, maybe it's not for me. Maybe I'm not good at it. I just thought, well, let's try this and see see if I like it and see how I do. And once I tried it and really got hands-on with it, I discovered I really liked this. Even though I didn't see success for almost a month, I didn't really make a profit for, I think it was like a few weeks or or a month. So I really was struggling at the beginning, but I kept pushing through it because I liked it. And I wouldn't have known if I liked it if I hadn't actually tried it out. And then I wouldn't have a full-time job doing Teespring if I hadn't started and given it a shot.
0: Yeah, and I like one thing you said there that you you know, we're trying it for a month and a month, month and a half goes by, not really making a profit. It's not really going anywhere, but you stuck with it because you enjoyed it. You know? And I think that that's yeah. such a huge, huge factor for people to consider that there's, there's always going to come times where something may not be working or it may not be going according to plan, or it may just be hard. And so you have to decide, is this still fun for me? Like, even if this didn't work, like if Teespring was just a, a complete bust for you to you, it may have been like, man, it was still worth it. I, I still had some fun and I broke even at best. And but I still really really enjoyed it, so therefore it was worth actually giving it a
1: shot. It was, and, and were, you know there were times, of course, when I thought well, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'll, I'll just stop. But every time I would want, decide maybe I should quit, I always thought, okay, just one more campaign, <laughs> one more design. Let me just try one more, <laughs> you know, just to get that that big hit or that big seller. So I was always drawn back into Teespring, and I thought, you know, again, that's probably because I was really interested in it. So it was really hard for me to give up. Even when I, half of me thought, maybe I should. I always, always thought, one more, one more, one more. And luckily, I stuck with it.
0: What do people say today? Like even your, your parents and, and friends are like, okay, you're, you're, doing, you're doing what? You're making a full-time living selling virtual t-shirts that you don't even have. You, you don't have if we came to your place, you don't have any t-shirts right there. That, how do you explain that to other people? And, and what, I guess, what is
1: their reaction? surprised, you know, my mom is like shocked. She's always like, what, what kind of t-shirts are you selling? Can I see? You know, <laughs> or she would ask me, well, how are t-shirts sales today? So she's interested in it now. But yeah, people are just really surprised. They, they, Have no idea. They had no idea that so much money can be made selling T-shirts. And you know, I've I've done over six figures this year, which is great. And recently, Teespring put out a blog post about their success, and they said they have hundreds doing hundred thousand dollars or more a year. But they also have, I think, five people who have made um, over a million dollars on Teespring. That's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's, it's a great platform, you know, for anyone to get started. But yeah, people. Just are amazed. They're like you can make how much doing selling teasers? I mean, it's the same thing with apps. They're like you could you were you made how much in one month? You know, selling apps, they had you know no idea. So it's an eye opener for a lot of people. How many campaigns are you running at any given time? Good question. Someone asked me that a couple of weeks ago. And I think at that time I was running 12, okay. uh, which is a lot um, to juggle. I don't know what most people run. Sometimes, if it's really slow for me, I might be running four or something. So, uh, to me, I find the more I run, the more I can make in terms of money. So, sure. if I'm only running four, it's like, you know, it's, it's okay. But yeah, so I've, I've been trying in November to do more campaigns in order to increase my income, my revenue. So out of like out of twelve,
0: how many of those will actually be like big sellers?
1: Out of twelve, if I'm selling to an audience I've sold to in the past many times before, and I know that audience really well, it could be twelve out of twelve. But if I'm experimenting, if I'm trying a new audience, yeah, I mean, there's I've you know tried new audiences, come up with a really great design I thought they would like, put out an ad, and then see a bomb. I mean, like no one was buying. No one is buying in the first twenty-four hours. I'm like, okay, well, let me let me delete that. Let me you know figure out another one. So at the time I have twelve, I was doing well with all twelve. I was um there. They all had tipped, mean meaning they had sold over five. so but yeah, I tried to keep it like the eighty twenty rule. Like you know, eighty percent of my campaigns are to audiences I've sold to before and I know who are going to buy. And then the 20%, I'm experimenting, trying to find new audiences and trying to see what works for them and hopefully make them repeat customers in the future.
0: Yeah, interesting stuff. Very cool, Benny. Hey, if we want to uh, check out more about what you're doing and what you're up to, uh, where can we
1: go online to find you? Head over to getbusylivingblog.com and you can find all the information about me over there and uh, ways to contact me. And I have a podcast as well, so check it out over at getbusylivingblog.com. Awesome. Very good. Benny, thanks for the time,
0: man. Really enjoyed hearing your uh, your story and your journey. Thanks for sharing it with our audience, and uh, we will catch up with you soon. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. See you, buddy. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that chit-chat with uh, with Benny Hsu. As always, feel free to go to grantbalden.com slash Benny Hsu. His last name is H-S-U, H-S-U, Benny com. You can... Uh, GrandBalden.com/slash/BennyShu H Shoe U. Now yeah. there we go. Now we got it. Now we got it. We're cooking. You can look up uh, show notes, links, everything we discussed there. Again, some really good stuff there that that Benny shared with us. So hopefully that that encourages you. That reminds you just to take the pressure off. You know, I, I know I felt the exact same way that Benny did of of feeling like whatever career you pick is permanent. And it's not. No career is permanent. So be willing to try something, but give yourself some flexibility to to change. And even like he he talked about as it relates to the t-shirt stuff he's doing now, he would have never thought he'd be doing that. He's doing it now. He enjoys it, but he knows it's not going to last forever. So he's going to do it as long as it's enjoyable or as long as the opportunity is still there. And then he'll find something different. So take some of the pressure off of yourself. And again, if you're, if you're someone who's just like, man, I'm I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what those opportunities are that may be a good fit for me, then I'm telling you, Clarity Course is the fit for you. It, it'll walk you through and help you identify not only what you're what you're passionate about, what you're good at. We also include, as a couple of bonuses, we include the Strengths Finders assessment, the DISC assessment, which is a couple of uh, really cool assessments that give you some immediate feedback on, on how you're wired and, and your skill sets and abilities and talent. So uh, I would encourage you, again, if you're interested at all, don't miss out on this opportunity. Registration Closes tomorrow at midnight, Friday, December the 12th. Uh, and I, I don't want you to miss out on this. All right. Uh, so, again, you can go to claritycourse.com to get all the information on that. Don't miss out on this, my friends. We've already got a bunch of people that are uh, in the forums there that are chit chatting, that are sharing their stories and journeys, that are on their, their way to finding work that they love. Why aren't you there? want you to be a part of it and want you to go on this journey with us. So we'd love to have you jump on board. All right. Uh, again, that wraps up episode 62. Thanks for hanging out with us. Really means a lot. Really appreciate you. We've got some good stuff planned for 2015 and uh, excited to wrap up this year, though, 2014 with some more great interviews coming at you in the next few weeks. All right. That puts a bow on it. Thanks, my friends. Talk to you soon. Peace.
1: Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll
0: see you next time.